Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, May 18, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Obviously, we have a lot of stuff on the docket. It was a big slash tremendous sell-off day in the market. So before we get directly into the daily chart and others, I thought it would be appropriate to list out the top seven descriptors of today's market. If you have others, comment below. It was a bludgeoning. It was a woodshed day. It was hammered, smoked, pounded, rolled, and rocked. Now, all kidding aside, it's not a laughing matter. We need to do the assessment of the daily chart. Remember, We're in regular way options expiration week. Weird stuff happens. Now, in hindsight, playing Monday morning quarterback for a moment, you can't say that the run up to here and then the total give back in one day isn't a little bit on the weird side. It was certainly abnormal. It was not normal market conditions between the rally yesterday and the complete give back today. Partial give back pullback, retracement, couple of down days after a big rally or two. That's normal garden variety behavior. This was different. We're talking 4% down in the S&P. We're talking 7.5% in the transports. We'll get to those later. We're talking almost 3.6% in the industrial average. We're talking almost 5% in the NASDAQ composite. This was a bludgeoning. We're going to see days like this. We've talked about this before. You don't know when they're coming. And frankly, this was the third time they did it to me again. What did they do? Well, I was getting prepared to pick out a number. I already had it picked out to short the tape and take the next leg down. I was in the selling the rip camp. They didn't give me the chance. They needed, at least for me, for the lazy swing trader product, they really needed to get up into and through that 20-period moving average, and they came up short again. They left me standing, holding the bag. And if you're holding a bag of cash, that's okay, because cash is king. Back to the lazy swing trader. We took profits in Bank of America option yesterday. It's booked. Some traders are still holding a portion of the position. Other traders got out today out of the rest of the position. Me personally, I did not get out of the rest of the position. It is what it is at this point. We had a trade in oil, gave a little bit of a pop at the open. We got out with a base hit slash small profit. Then it collapsed. I'm happy to be out of that trade. The only other thing we have on the board right now is Apple down about two and a half bucks. It's not the end of the world. I'm not going to lose too much sleep holding Apple. Famous last words, I get that. However, if I have to hold something, I would like to hold one of the biggest, baddest, most widest held stocks on the market. We're nimble, we're acting as a sniper, we're taking profits when we have them, and we're not playing games with this tape. Because here's the most important thing that you can learn from a tape like this. It's not about how much you make, on each individual trade, 
It's about not losing money. Preservation of capital is job number one. And if you can make a few base hits along the way, that's great. Opportunity will surface when it surfaces. Market could go back and forth for another few days, few weeks. It could flush down, provide wonderful opportunities. It could start to rally tomorrow. We don't know, but we're prepared either way because we can get into the market based on an opportunity that presents itself because we have a large cash position. That was the point. That's what you have to do in a bear market. Trading a bull market is not so hard. It's fact easy for most people. All you have to do is be in the market and you wait and you'll eventually make money. However, trading a bear market is where you find out who knows what, who doesn't know anything, and who's just throwing darts. We're not in the guessing business. We do it methodically. Right now, I'm happy to have just Apple and nothing else. Well, half of an option position where I've already booked a 60% profit. Okay, fair enough. So even if I get wiped out on the second half, it was a high-risk trade, and we all knew that going in. It was in the alert. It was in the something-for-everyone camp. All right, let's get back to the market. What do we have on our hands? Well, on one hand, this could be the ultimate fake-out operation disguised as a weekly retracement. Here's the weekly chart. Now let's just think about this and talk it through logically. The market made a bottom last week at an important spot. Fair enough. A, can it fail? And the answer is yes. B, can this be a retracement and then they go back up in the other direction? We know that tail candles can and do get retraced all the time. You wouldn't necessarily think that way by looking at the market today. The daily chart is absolutely fugly from a today's candle perspective. But when you look at the weekly chart, you say, hey, wait a minute. They're not at a new low. So far, it is just a garden variety retracement. And here's how we handle it going forward. If they get below the low here from last week and the low is 385.15, they close the week below that, or even if they're below that on an intraday basis this week, there's a lot of stuff going on to the downside. We get into that, the rubber band is snapping situation again, and the door really begins to open for the 365, give or take. If we need it, we'll have a refined numbers, certainly for inside the number members. So is this really a retracement of the weekly tail candle? Is that what really happened today? Well, going into the market, I figured, and this was the logical thing to figure, the market's going to come down a little bit. It was a big up day yesterday. It's a garden variety retracement. Maybe they even fill the gap down around the big fat round number of 400, not 390, but 400. And then there's an opportunity for a bounce back in the other direction. But they didn't do that. So all of a sudden, it began to look different when 400 began to give way. Something else was being developed. The Bears had the ball. We had numbers on the downside, but it was a perpetual sell all day long. It was a meltdown. It just is what it is. These are the markets that you do not have to participate. If you're short, if you happen to get short and you're riding it down, that's fantastic. But on days like today, if you're trying to pick the low over and over and over again, that's a recipe 
for chopped suey. You don't want to get chopped up. Keep your money in your pocket. You go into the market when the market says there's an opportunity that's slapping you in the face. You don't have to be in every trade. You don't have to be in every day. This is a business to be treated accordingly. If I own a restaurant and there's a hurricane out and I know nobody's coming to the restaurant because there's an advisory warning to stay inside, why would I go into the restaurant? We'll be back tomorrow or the following day when things are back to normal. Here's an hourly chart. Where's the bounce minus the last few minutes of the trading day? There really wasn't much of a bounce. It's telling you that there was a 100% vice grip on the market by the bears. We had a couple of trades in there. Have no fear. We're going to go over inside the numbers in a moment. One more comment on the daily chart. Can we bounce back up in the other direction tomorrow? The answer is we certainly can. Again, it's options expiration week. Weird stuff happens. Big, huge down day. You could get a reflex slash snapback slash dead cat bounce type of rally. But the other thing we need to take into an account is the type of candle it was today, meaning the span, the amount of points they ate up today. We're talking down 17, 18, 16 points in the SPY. That's not a normal day. It's a tremendous down candle. Generally speaking, that's kind of the market's way of a flare up in the air saying, hey, this probably wasn't a one-day wonder. And here we have an interesting setup where we have this low. They started to rally, and the rally is failing So all this really is, is a continuation of what's been going on. Move down, they go sideways. Move down, they try and bounce. Failure and a move down, they try and bounce. Failure, they move down. What's going to happen next? If they give up the low from last week, well, then the door opens for 365, and it could even go lower. Keep in mind, when the rubber band breaks, look what happened today. Who would have thunk this morning when they were down around 400, the big fat round number, there was another 100 handles down coming in the S&P 500. Normal retracement, and they start to bounce back on one hand. And if they give up the low from last week, which isn't that far away from current price, 385 and change, the door opens for 365, which I remind you was the scene of the low of the shenanigans tail candle. It happened a long time ago at this point, but they're working their way to that number. What's going on inside the numbers? We're going to look through the commentary. I'll point out a few important things. We'll circle back to stocks on the move. And yes, we will take a look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll talk through everything. It's hump day, and the early storyline was followed through from the Walmart debacle yesterday. The retailers were getting shown the door to the woodshed. So needless to say, we had a laundry list of stocks from the retail sector. And from an S&P perspective, we had a couple of important numbers on the board that are far long and gone by now. However, remember 40641. That was an important place that the market broke up over yesterday to get to the next spot. Coming back below that was an issue that was the beginning of an issue for the bulls. We talked about it last night. It happened this morning, and it was right on target. Pushing below opens a door for other stuff. We know about that. You'll see more numbers later. 
We had to flip around just in case. They didn't do that. But you have to have both sides of the market on cue coming into the game prepared. Then we had an of note relative to stocks on the move. This is important. On a day like today, when stocks, especially in a particular sector like the retail sector, are getting hit pretty hard, we want to know a couple of things in terms of risk management. There's going to be a flood of volume in these names, and the awareness is two things. They can spike the numbers by a lot, and selling could persist for a while. Adjust your risk accordingly by reducing position size or waiting for lower numbers. Now what I will say is, Jordan heated that information in the room today, and even though we had a shitburger, which we'll go over in a moment, and he was a participant in the shitburger, guess what? It didn't turn out to be a debacle because we had other trades on the board, and he heeded the advice of reducing the position size, and it worked out. Why did he do that? Because we've been here before. He remembers what can happen. It can happen again. This is not a business where you enter your entire swing trading account or your entire day trading account in one or two trades. That's a recipe for disaster. You never think it can happen. You never think it's going to happen to you. But guess what? If you do it enough times, it will happen. I've had it happen everybody's had it happen. So the day starts to get underway as we get closer to the opening bell. They were already melting away. Now we're looking at 402 and a quarter. Now you'll see that come up again later. Below that is 401. That's important. So that's a zone. 402 and a quarter to 401. It's $1.25 on a $400 stock. That's a zone. Now let's get our faculties. Here's a five-minute chart. Right of the vertical is today's activity. As you see, it was a meltdown operation. 402 and a quarter to 401 is the spot. Now, if you're painting by the numbers, you're half at one, half at another. You'll see that in the notes. And then what happened is the writing started to show up on the wall. So traders got some profit out of that. They did bounce back before failing, giving ample opportunity to get out with a profit. But once they start closing below the 401, the door opens for 400 you get below that, and the door opens for the debacle. Let's go see how that unfolds in the notes. So right here, I'm already saying, sooner than later, I'm a likely buyer of both, if need be. Half at the first, half at the second. We already talked about that. 402 and a quarter and lower, I'm a buyer. This is within 10 minutes into the trading day. You saw the chart, and it's showtime for the bulls. And just to reiterate, I'm willing to buy 401 also. Traders must know the just-in-case. Below 399.30 is a problem for the bulls and will open the door for another leg lower. At the time, I was expecting a bounce back to 403, and you'll see that was adjusted later, but that was the initial trade outline. And they're trading along, staying below 402 and a quarter, keeps the door open for 401. That's okay at the time. They come into 401, still showtime for the bulls, and here we're saying they should bounce back or need to bounce back sooner than later. By 1001, I'm booking some profit on the SPY trade. If painted by the numbers, you're in the money, 402 and slightly above is now overhead resistance. Protect the rest of the trade. Could be a good low, but we don't know yet. This comes from that preservation of capital conversation we had earlier. 
I'm aware of what kind of tape this is. I'm aware that my job is to keep you safe and then make you money in that order. We're not taking many chances with a squirrely tape. Yes, we're in the risk business, but we have to understand what type of risk we're involved with. They fought back to 402 as prescribed. Everyone should have profit in the pocket. Holding a trailer is fine. Don't let the rest go against you. That's where you have to exercise discipline. If continuing lower, there are the numbers. We know what happened. I'm going to scroll up, read the notes, go back to the chart to double-check the work. You'll start to see the lower numbers emerge as the market goes lower and lower and lower. Like this. And if they start getting below 395.60, there's another leg lower under development. You'll see that over and over and over again. Again, pause the video. Read the notes, especially on a day like today. Don't just read the days where it seems easy. Read the tough days. Read the notes. Go back to the chart to double-check the work. See what kind of risk we were taking. See when we kind of put our hands in our pocket and said, "Uh uh-uh, this isn't happening today. Again, read them. Double-check the work. Here's a case in point. There's your initial bounce off the gap at 392.40. You'll see we were talking about 392.40. The door is open for 392.40, give or take. Whether they get there today or tomorrow remains an open question. They were down too much already to short the market, and there was nothing to buy in front of that number. And it's one of those things becomes trader's choice if they want to take a trade at that number. There's that number. Look what happened. The low here, 392.46 against 392.40. They came into it later, a few minutes later, and then they bounced. And then it became what? You got it. It became overhead resistance. A number is important, period. The fact that it's important if price is above, it's support. If price is below, it's resistance. They are not support and resistance numbers. They are just numbers. Depends on where current price is, whether they're support or resistance. Let's take a look at the board of stocks on the move. We'll take a look at KSS, KR, Target, BBY, LOW, Costco, and Dollar Tree. The whole kit and caboodle. Everything was getting a haircut at the open, all the retailers, and then everything got a haircut after the fact. KSS getting its buzz cut. 43.36 was the number on the board. Zero dark 30 came into the number. Did the deal right away. Nice trade. Base hits put you in the Hall of Fame. The high here in this candle was 44.54. They gave you much more than the minimum required base hit. About Kroger, this one was a little bit of a sneaky sucker. The low here was 48.43. The low here was 48.41. They never came into my number. They bounced away. Then the trade's off the board when they come back down, so it's really a no trade. But you could see here the number worked. They just didn't hit my number. Options expiration, weird stuff happens. It happens. Target, same routine. Here's the low, 159, even 158.85 was my number. They bounce away. They come back later. No dice. That's it. It's over. You could see the number and the zone worked. I just didn't get filled. They didn't do it in the manner in which, for me, they didn't hit my number. How about Best Buy? How about the zone down between 76.97, 75.40? They do the thing on the buzz cut. 
spike the second number, immediately reverse back in the other direction, providing the minimum required base hit, and then some. Lows. First number, second number. First trade, second trade. Technically, they both gave you the base hit or more. By the time they come into the second number around lunchtime, you're already fighting the tape. People are apprehensive to take a trade at that point. You have less participation in the market. The morning rush hour is over, and the trades aren't necessarily the same because now you're fighting the tape. The S&P and everything else is getting dragged down, and it's just getting dragged down, so there's no telling if something is going to stop on a dime or not. It's a different kind of tape after the morning session. Write that down. Put it on a sticky note. Costco. Technically, this one tried to bounce off the third number. Didn't really work. When you look at the thing at the end of the day, the thing didn't work. Their destination was elsewhere. We have to classify this one as a shitburger. And then there was Dollar Tree, another shitburger. So we did have two shitburgers on the board. This is going to happen. It does happen from time to time. It doesn't affect the numbers in terms of the percentage of wins, but it does hurt the profitability. I get it. It's a function of the business. So here's what I'll say. We work on hourly stops with these type of trades. Sometimes you may have to stop out earlier than the hourly close. That's a trader decision. Everybody has to have an uncle point if need be. Now, if you've taken the trade based on lighter share size, increased risk kind of profile, then you shouldn't need to do that. But if you've taken more of a share size than you should, you may have to have an uncle point. We've talked about this before. This is a function of the business. You can't afford to have a wipeout in one stock on one day. As an example, I think the net loss Jordan took in the room today was over 400 bucks. Now, nobody wants to lose 400 bucks, but he had positive trades and he had a couple of shit burgers. And guess what? On a day when that happens to lose 400 bucks, I'll take it. This is a tough business. Coming into this business, you have to realize and you have to have the understanding there will be days where you have to take a loss. That's the way this business works. You can't win every trade and every day. It's an impossibility. We all know this, but sometimes we conveniently forget. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Well, it's all the same market. We're back to that scenario. If they're all going to fail, they're all going to fail. However, this is of note, maybe a puzzle piece. I'm putting it on the table for now. You never know. Let's look at the position of where the IWM is on the daily chart and compare and contrast it to the S&P 500. Mind you, this is my favorite market-leading indicator. Now, here's a gap down here, 172.60. They're nowhere near there. They basically were supported by what's called the window to the gap rather than going down to fill the gap. The S&P 500 cut through that window and filled the gap. That's interesting. They can both fail miserably tomorrow. We don't know one way or the other. I'm just bringing it out as an item on the chart that we have to know about. We must consider it because it exists. The floodgates open up below last week's low, just like the other markets. No change there. So much for the triple bottom conversation concept that we've been discussing for a while. This is a debacle day. They gave it up. Transports were down over 7%, over 1,000 points. Now look where they are from a weekly chart perspective. 
Forget the 100-period moving average. They came up short last week, started to bounce away, and here they are again. That's courtesy of the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. Sometimes they'll bounce away for a few weeks, come back later. Sometimes they bounce away for a few days, come back later. They came back later. The important question, the main question is, what is this telling us? Where is price headed in the short run? Assuming they continue in the southern direction, we're looking at 12,850, 12,900, 12,700, something in that camp. For argument's sake, say it's just about another thousand points down. That's what this chart is telling me. Write that down, put it on a sticky note. We'll call it 12.8 for argument's sake. The Qs, the folks out in Silicon Valley, they look more like the S&P than the IWM. They filled the gap down here. And you'll notice this. Again, this is in the camp of no accidents or coincidences. The gap is 291.15. They filled it, spiked it, and the closing price today is 291.14. No accidents nor coincidences. That was by choice. Closing below the gap is the negative sign. Closing back above the gap gives the bulls some hope for a bounce. XLF, the financials, they're melting away with everything else. Again, same routine. You give up last week's low, there's another leg down. If they hold it, we go back to, was this a retrace of last week's tail candle? Don't forget about that. You never know. That's precisely why we need to be the umpire looking at both sides of the tape at all times. And then you have Smash Mouth. Similar story to the IWM. They're not near the gap, but they got a bigger bounce than other stuff, so it's all relative. It's weak. Below all the moving averages, the trend is your friend. You know the rest. And the same story applies. Below last week's low, it's a debacle. But if this is just a retrace then this was a fake-out operation sponsored by the Trick, Trap, Fool, and Frustrate crew. Their job is to make as many investors and traders look like fools as much of the time as possible. We know those people. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost. My strategic forecast Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.